That was lame. <laughs> hey, everybody. How we doing? This is episode 11 of the After Hours with the Donnie Grove Band. We have our buddy here, Tom McKillop, from uh, up in Canada. He hangs out with us when we're playing with uh, Kenny Hess. Tom, what's happening, buddy? I'm just hanging out here waiting to talk to my south of the border buddies. <laughs> south of the border. <laughs> We are south of the border quite a bit compared to you. We're, we're used to south of the border being something completely different here. I, mean, uh, <laughs> I guess so. I guess. <laughs> Speaking of south of the border, yesterday was Taco Tuesday, and uh, I missed my south of the border tradition. Yeah, I feel like like Pancake Day was within this last week, too. And like last week, it was like Hamburger Helper Day no, or something. It was, like, it was Cheeseburger. Last last Tuesday was National Cheeseburger Day, which is, Tom, if you, if you don't know about this, it's, it's why us all Americans are 300 pounds. We have <laughs> days set aside of the month for particular foods to gorge ourselves on. <laughs> used to be just fish on Friday, didn't it? <laughs> it used to be. <laughs> fish Friday. Then that turned into Stir Friday. <laughs> just stir uh, fry. I've never even heard that. Oh man, just it's stir fry. It makes sense, right? Tom, are you home right now? I am. Is that a Telecaster I see sitting behind you? That looks like a saxophone. Not oh, that. That's <laughs> a Telecaster. Purdy. That's awesome. Rosewood fretboard. Which what 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 model is that? That's a saxophone. That's a saxophone there. <laughs> That's a sexymophone. <laughs> So like you know we, what that Telecaster is? What is it, that? It shouldn't even be mentioned on a call with you mm-hmm. because it's a Mexican-made telly that I put new pickups in and a new bridge, and I love it. Oh, I, I love Mexican tellies, too. I've got, I've got a couple of them, and uh, I've got one that I just built out of a, a, a Mexican body. Yeah. Um, I, I, put the, uh, I put some hot rails in it, you know, and that's a good – I use that for slide – yeah. And, uh, I, I, yeah, there's a lot of good Mexican tellies out there. Well, you know what? Uh, my, my son-in-law, Darren, uh, had, he's a, one of those guys that's bought and so bought pickups all his life. You know, they're like young guys that like switching out everything. And yeah. so he had these pickups. One is a DiMarzio and the other is a, um, I forget what the other one is, but, but we put a new neck pickup in and they're both exactly like a telly pickup and they uh they sound fantastic they do you're gonna you're gonna think i'm really sacrilegious here but i end up putting a uh a fender n3 neck pickup in my 51 just recently because I, I lost my <laughs> my neck pickup gave out on me <laughs> so i had to replace it. i've still got the original part but it needs to be rewound and it's a mess right but, uh i put an n3 in there and it sounds great I like it a lot. It so I if you just send is. that Defender, like, does that still give you the same street cred if they rewind it and all that fun stuff? <laughs> I'm not sure. I've never tried it because I don't have that much money. But uh, hopefully someday I'll have it rewound. It seems like Kit, Fender. You, it seems like Fender though. They just they, they want to have any reason to touch your guitar though. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they got Telly Envy. They do Telly Envy. Well, they held his guitar ransom for like six months. There, it felt like uh, a few yeah, years ago. Yeah. They. They had it for a while. So I had a buddy, Tom, uh, several years ago. I was playing at a place up in Cave Creek, Arizona. And this friend of mine, I let, I let him play my telly. And he went to hanging up on this old guitar hanger that was on a wall, <laughs> you know, that was a big no-no, and dropped my guitar off the wall. 
it landed on the stage, bounced off the butt of the guitar onto the dance floor, which it bounced off the headstock, and then came crashing flat. And uh, <laughs> Tom is in pain I, right now. I know. And <laughs> I, ended, I ended up losing a bit of section of wood out of the neck pocket on that, and uh, it's been haunting me ever since. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a fellow playing mandolin on a... On a project I was recording, his name is John Reichman, and he's a fabulous mandolin player. And uh, he lives in Vancouver because he married a girl from here, but he uh, he's from the States, and I'm not sure where, but he's very much a bluegrass legend and does that whole circuit. And he was in, and his mandolin sounded insanely good. I'd never heard one that sounded just in the room, you listen to it and think, wow, how come they don't all sound like that? <laughs> and uh, so we asked him about it, and he uh, he bought it in California in 1981. I think he said for $8,000. So think about that, 1981. Yeah. He paid eight grand for it. But he knew what he was buying. He knew what it was. He's a very accomplished player. And it's worth 400 grand now. Holy jeez. And I said, what do you do with that in the airport? He goes, I keep it pretty close. <laughs> so he's not, he's not flying a Legion Air then. <laughs> no. <laughs> he ain't throwing it for the, uh, check this underneath for me, would you? Okay. <laughs> right, no international flights with that one, huh? That's the other reason I bought the Mexican telly is because I can get on a plane and if they go, nope, you're not bringing it on board. Then you can go, okay, well, if it breaks, it breaks. So take those pickups and put them in another Mexican telly. Yeah, I, w I was telling Kenny that I, 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 was, I was feeling iffy about, you know, taking my old one up to Canada with me, you know, when we go up there. And, and uh, I was going to bring one of my other telecasters. And he said, if you don't bring that telly, don't come. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds You're about such right. such a bull. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I said I love you, Donnie, but it's really, it's really the guitar. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, you can come up here with any telly you want, but yeah, play like you play. <laughs> well, he's got a fun little Mexican telly that he got from uh, JD Hogue from uh, the Ventures. I do. Yeah. yeah. Neat. Yeah. In fact, I let Jay um, when Jay was down here in Phoenix playing on whatever tour that was he was on. He's the that's the guitar I let Jay borrow right. when he was here. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, it was funny is I had actually just got that from JD from JD, and so I hadn't had a chance to play it at all. You know, I just got it, and it was yeah. the one I had at the house. Um, so I gave the J, and then Jay called me the day later, and he goes, "Do you mind if I set this thing up, please?" I said, "No, help yourself." <laughs> So I got the guitar back a week later, several days later, and the setup was perfect. I don't know what he did, but it just it, it plays itself. It's awesome. Ah, I love that guitar. Excellent, yeah. Jay obviously knows what he's doing. Oh yeah, he's kind of a he's a little guru on that stuff, and he really knows and how to buy and sell vintage guitars and amps too. He really does know that well. Except they all have the same disease; they can buy them, but they have a hell of a time selling them. <laughs> yeah, I know that don't story. Don't we all? <laughs> But you can say, I got 28 amps. They're all fenders. They're all pre 60, you know, all this. And well, he goes, Well, when I die, though, like when I die, you can sell them all. I said, Yeah, but nobody will know like you do. Right. <laughs> so you should tell me all about it now, and I'll take care of it. Wow. <laughs> Catalog it, have it all ready, have a, have a signed little slip so that, you know, it's got that certificate of authenticity there. <laughs> so, Tom, what have you been up to, man? What are you working on? Uh, you know Mike, our fiddle player, Mike Sanishin? I do. Mm -hmm. 
he I am producing an album for uh, his bluegrass group called Jackson Hollow. Oh yeah, great band. Mm-hmm. And we're just about done. Um, it's just going to mix here in a week. No, so it's pretty much all recorded and everything. Um, but yeah, we had some really cool special guests on there uh, to add to Mike's playing and his wife singing and uh, a banjo player by the name of Jeffrey Scroggins from Colorado. <laughs> Scroggins, yeah. eh? And he has a son who plays mandolin who's real hot, too. Uh, yeah. But you should have heard this guy play banjo. My jaw yeah, hit yeah. the console, man. I couldn't couldn't believe the first thing that came off his fingers. It was, <laughs> it was a really up-tempo song, and he said a very funny thing. I said, I hate to tell you this, but it's in E-flat. <laughs> and he says, well, John Hartford used to say, play everything in the worst possible key as fast as you can possibly <laughs> <laughs> and then he proceeded to blow my mind. Like I, he did stuff on a five-string banjo. I never even heard that. I guess Bella, if I was into that, really mm-hmm. heavy, I would know it. But he blew my mind. I, I, I couldn't believe what he was doing. And his time was like a, you could hang your hat on it, man. He, yeah. he could roll through a song that wasn't fast or anything and just put it right where it was supposed to be. Man, it was beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, and 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 also that John Reichman on mandolin played some mandolin stuff. On. Oh, he was over the moon too, and that mandolin sounded so good. I think you just put it in front of any microphone, and it sounds great. <laughs> man, Tom, you know all the cool guys. That's awesome. Oh man, I'm lucky that I work with some pretty neat guys. But I mean, you guys are in that group. <laughs> oh, my hey, man, heart just melted there. Blew me away the last night of the festival. <laughs> And you sat in with that band that and Palooza. played all those yeah. songs. I don't know which ones you even heard of and which ones you were just flying by the seat of your pants. Uh, but you pretty solid, it, pretty solid mix there, I'd have to say. <laughs> they had that song called Son of a Bitch. Did you know that song? I think I heard that one time the night before when they were like, hey, you want to cover? I'm like, oh, yeah, I should probably listen to your set a little bit so I have a little bit of an idea what you're playing. And it's such a fun song. And, and they were song. they just lit up with you behind them. I thought they really responded to your energy. Oh, that's good. That, oh, my God, fun <laughs> by the night, seat man. of my pants really kind of energy. Fun. No, dude, those guys are fantastic. We, we were talking about, uh, we, we had a few podcasts where we, you know, talk about the craziness that happened up there. And uh, Appaloosa was definitely a highlight of our of our yeah. whole time up there. Those, were, those Well, Jake and I go back to, we go back a long, long ways into the 80s in Calgary uh, when I lived there. And he was a mainstay there. We both, I think we both moved west to, the, uh, to Vancouver around the same time. So we've always been in the same city. Sometimes see each other, sometimes don't. I mean, he, he does the brakes on my car as well as... <laughs> As well as plays the guitar <laughs> and keeps that band working all the time. It seems and like it. I don't it, know anyone else who can do that. Let's get say, didn't those guys just win some awards? Like I've been following them. It looks like they've been killing it. Like uh, got yeah, some... well they're up for another one this year at the BC Country Music Awards, and actually they've been like the is it Susan Lucci, the girl that never wins? They're like <laughs> the, they are the most mainstay club band. In the in this area, yeah, you said they've been and around for like never, twenty years, right? Ever win that award? That's called Country Act of or Country Club Act. They never win it, and it's sac- It's wrong. But I'm hoping this year they get. Oh, it. those guys like, throw down, man! They, they like you said, they have wonderful energy. They're a great band. Yep, 
Yeah, well, Charlie on the bass, jumping up on his bass guitar there and everything. It's fun. It's fun to watch. And he's in Jackson I, Hollow also, right? Yeah. So he get yeah, away with all that jumping him. around on his bass with that group? Yeah, we can't have that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. You know, when I, when I, when I met Charlie, I, I actually met him last year, but I didn't recognize him this year when I first saw him. I didn't realize he was the bass player for Jackson Hollow. And uh, this past season, um, when I when I met him, you know, I, he was very cordial, very quiet, very polite, very kind of humbleish, and very like just you know kept to himself, and just a, a quiet guy. And so I I think nice guy. And then uh, so I go to do something, and then come back to watch their set, and you know he's wearing a hot dog outfit, standing on top of his acoustic bass, <laughs> swinging his arms around like a monkey. And I was on the river stage. Is, is is that the same dude that I just met yesterday? I know he comes out of his show on stage. He's very soft spoken. I, I you know, he I, I where was it? Oh, we played up in northern BC, and and they were on the show, and we were on it with Kenny, and we all went to the hotel room after, and he sat there so very quietly on the bed, and and there. Their wonderfully crazy singer Courtney. <laughs> we know so it's Courtney. just hounding him, you know, going at him and giving him this and funny shit. And he he never flapped at all, never flapped at all. But he gets on stage and he's a different cat, man. Yeah. And good for him. You know what? Showbiz is it's good. It's yeah. good. Have you guys been watching the Ken Burns country thing? Uh, I haven't, but I, I know I of it, either. and I'm going to watch it soon. Okay, well, you, you really do want to. It's the history of what we do, and I'm at episode four right now, so I just finished the Hank Williams era. Yeah. But it goes back to Maybell Carter and all that, you know, the, it goes way back. But it's fantastic to know what came, what got us to where we are today. Yeah. And I'm only at episode four, but my goodness, it's, it's yeah, spectacular. I'm looking forward to watching it. Really every, good. Every, every, everybody's talking about it. Everybody is. I know. And and I'm and you know what? I recorded them all, and I'm only at episode four. And every day I get inundated with people saying, "Wow, did you see it last night?" <laughs> like, leave me alone. Don't, Don't tell me anything. Shut up. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Actually, my friend. Uh, I have a friend. I don't know if you guys met him or not. Bass player that played with Kenny. But I guess you wouldn't have met him because you always had a bass player with you. But uh, his name is Dennis Marsenko, and he played with Katie Lang in her yeah. way heyday when she was that most happening she could be. And he's my very dearest friend. And he got a little shot on there the other last night, apparently. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, did he? He got to be on the Ken Burns special. So <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> awesome. That is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so did Keith Richards. <laughs> and he opened for Keith Richards, and they were called the Expensive Winos, I think. That was the name. <laughs> it was Keith winos. Richards and uh, Steve Jordan on drums, and, and I guess they drank a lot. And they did <laughs> Dennis thought. opened. There's a picture of Dennis and Keith Richards, and it's like, wow, they're brothers. Wow. So, Tom, you uh, you also produce for some TV up there, don't you? Or am I wrong I, about that? Years was the music director on the Canadian Country Music Awards show mm. for many years, and I quite gratefully have seen that passed over to my son-in-law. Oh, that's awesome! Who is really the hot, happening hot guitar player up here right now? Yeah. He's he's touring with the biggest act, and 
And he got the gig last year as doing exactly what I used to do, which I couldn't be happier for him because he's very <laughs> deserving and very uh, adept at what he does. He's really good. And so it's cool. I get to now, I did it for about a dozen years, and now it's moved on to him. I get to still be a big part of it. And That's he'll awesome. He'll slap a backstage pass on me anytime and let me hang out with them. So it's uh, pretty okay. cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I did a lot of that. And uh, over the years, TV and, but... You know, mostly produced records, I guess. Yeah, so you just did. Um, you, I, forgive me for not knowing, but I just saw the, a piece of it was you did like a compilation album last year with new artists and and uh, yes. older artists, and that, that looked like a that that was kind of the coolest thing I've ever done, and I'll tell you why, because no secret that I'm I'm in my sixties and I've played this whole Canadian scene f- since I was twenty. Yeah, so. I I've played with all of the legend guys that have been, and I've and I've being the music director on the award show. I'm very connected with the new wave of people as well. Yeah. So I came up with this idea to honor the Hall of Fame Canadian Hall, Hall of Fame members to do this album project called Then and Now. And what we do is we take a then artist. Like, for example, uh, Ian Tyson from Ian and Sylvia days. Uh, take mm-hmm. him and a very famous song of his, and I pair him up with another Canadian star that's younger, that's not in the Hall of Fame yet, but a very, yeah. very up there. You know, not not yeah. newcomers you've never heard of. Yeah. Good matches. And, I, and so they do his song, but we did it in a much more. We didn't try and replicate the original version. We right. updated we, it. We kicked butt on a lot of them and really made them a different thing, but we felt like it brought it brought the young people to appreciate the older cats and and likewise the other way around. So, had a ball doing it. Uh, there's eleven tunes on there, and they're all very famous Canadians paired up with young, very famous country artists of the time and. Yeah, it was cool. And I let me tell you a quick story about the singing part. Okay. When you're working with an older artist, a legendary one that's done lots of recording, lots and lots. And remember, Donnie, you'll appreciate it more than anybody being the vintage guy you are. <laughs> it's pretty remember vintage. that they didn't have Pro Tools, they didn't tune shit, and they yeah. probably played it live right. off the floor while the singer was singing it, you know? So... That's what they're used to. So I had them, I, I cut all of the tracks up here in Vancouver with, uh, I just hired a studio singers to do the part. And yeah. then I took all the tracks to Kelowna, not far from Merritt. And we brought all of the singers there. It's kind of wine country and it's pretty beautiful. So yeah. brought them all there to sing. And so I had young guys and I had older and they come in and, the older ones would come in and, and sing it. I actually told the engineer, be ready, because I don't think they're used to singing it 10 times or anything like that. <laughs> and so he was. He was totally ready for them, and they started singing. And each of them gave me two or three takes. Top okay. to bottom, no stopping, no starting, no nothing. Just no punching. Start it, sing it to the end, sing it to the end, and maybe a third time, sing it to the end. Yeah. And then I would say to them, how do you feel about it? Do you, do you think we got it there? And they inevitably would say things like, I think take two was the best one. <laughs> no, no comping. They didn't even 
consider that comping could happen, <laughs> and I could use the chorus from the third take, right? Because it's a little bit better than the second take. That's not how they felt about it at all. They felt their <laughs> delivery from top to bottom was best on the second take. And I get it. And I couldn't. I I loved it so much, you guys. Because the younger ones would come in and in their defense, this is what we're doing now. That's the word. Yeah. They're used to singing it many times mm-hmm. or even the verse more times. And, and then you're comping from 8, 10, 12 takes. Yeah, <laughs> you're using the best of it, and you do get a great vocal. Sure, you can't match that beginning to end, emoting the lyric that they're singing. They really do act out the lyric. The yeah, yeah, and they delivered like it really taught me something. I was blown away, and I'm forever gonna insist that any singer that I work with, once they know that song, and by the way, they're supposed to know it when they come in. <laughs> Uh, once they know that song, I want them to sing it from beginning to end like it's a performance and you're living the lyric that you're singing. Yeah. Because that's what those people gave me. And I'm telling you, you can hear it. Yeah, it may, I, one guy made me cry. He was so good. My daughter and I were producing it, which was then and now as well. Mm-hmm. And he was singing <laughs> it and we both looked at each other. I, I kind of was seeing if she saw me with a tear in my eye. And I looked over at her, and she had a tear in her eye. <laughs> it was just the guy emoting the lyric. Yeah. It was yeah. the lyric that said, would you dance with this old cowboy? And he killed it. He killed us. The way he sang it, you went, well, please dance with the old guy. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's, what I, that's what I love about music is, uh, you know, and recording music is being able to translate, like, an emotion to tape like that. And yeah. uh, it, it's a... Uh, that's a magical moment, man. I never, you know what? I don't like looking at the singer when they're singing in the studio. I, I usually yeah. make it where I can't see them. Right. Because you can't see them on the radio. And you can <laughs> yeah. hear them. And if they're not giving it to you audibly, it's not there. Mm-hmm. It's not there yet. And, you know, you, even from jingle singing in my day, you can hear a smile. If you're smiling <laughs> when you sing, you can hear that. Yeah, you really yeah. can. It changes the physiology of your face or something. Right. Yeah. When someone sings with a big smile on their face, you can feel it. And when they don't, you go, well, something wrong with that. Not mm-hmm. emoting the way it's supposed to. So yeah. there, a friend of mine told me that, that a singer coach kind of guy he said, no, man, you can hear a smile big time. Yeah, I've I've heard that several times too, and then that is true because it changes the the resonation of your of your mouth. You know, it changes, it changes the notes. the shape, so it must yeah. translate somehow. But our our ears are touched, but they, they're they're yeah. moved by that. You know, you can hear it. Yep, happy certainly sounds happy. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, and I was laughing with Kenny, who went down to Nashville in his day in the '90s there, and he would cut albums, and he'd only get one take. <laughs> One <laughs> sing the whole album in an afternoon. You know, maybe if he made a lyric mistake, he'd sing it again from beginning to end. Yeah, and I, we were listening to some of his old stuff, and I said, "Kenny, you're like killing it, man! Like your pitch <laughs> is insanely good." And you know, for everything, and he sure isn't shy. Well, we know he's not shy. <laughs> no, he, he gives her. He walks up to the microphone and he delivers a vocal. Yes, he does. Not tentative in any way, shape, or form. And that's <laughs> one of my things I love so much about that guy is get up there, 
I'll go to battle with him anytime. Man. Go ahead, <laughs> lead the way. I'm right behind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I feel the same way. You know, I, I'm not a singer, I, but I've I've been singing in, you know, our thing that we have going only by necessity and uh, <laughs> hanging out with Kenny over the past several years has, you know, Kenny has had such an influence over me and uh, he's just, just being in his presence. It's, it's taught me so much about, you know, projection and, and pitch and just, I mean, just in casual conversation, I've learned more in the past two years than I have my whole life. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm thankful to know the guy. I mean, he, he pisses me off on occasion, but <laughs> man, he's a, he's a tremendous influence, you know, well, he, he is. And you know what? I think everybody's put in your path to teach you something, you know, absolutely. And yeah. if your eyes and your ears are open, every one of those people that are good at what they do should rub off on you in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And what you're saying is he definitely rubs off on you and he sure does. It. Him and I, 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 I just, there's times where I like to stand back and just watch him do his thing because he's so good at it. Yeah. And he's was, so emphatic and so invested in what he's saying. There's nothing, if he doesn't like it, you couldn't get him to say he liked it for anything. In the no, world. absolutely right. not. <laughs> but when he likes it. Absolutely. He'll, he can sell it to anybody. Yes, man. he can. Anybody. <laughs> he's got that gift. And I even walking down the, where were we? Oh, we had to go to Ontario to do a showcase for these buyers, kind of like they, he does down there, I think, too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, the guy can stop and talk to somebody walking their dog. <laughs> he goes, oh, that's a good looking dog. How you doing? Where are you from? Well, and, and there you go. Wow. You're just stopped and engaged this person in a conversation that you could have just walked by. It would have been fine. They didn't mace him either. That's the, that's the fun he, part. He likes to engage. Yeah, and he's good at it. <laughs> he's got showbiz cursing through his blood. Man. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's dude. He's like a big fella too. Like most people, if they got this big old lumbering dude, like hey, they start talking to you. And like I said, they're gonna mace you. But yeah, he doesn't get maced. <laughs> he gets no, that. he's got that kind of glint in his eye. He gets away with it for sure. He's got a big, big happy glint to him. So it always seems to work. But that's it also cold. comes across on stage, you know. And oh, absolutely. That's where Kenny is. Get That's how we got to this was he sings like those older cats did. He, yeah. He's not expecting to sing it ten times. He's hoping to get it the first time, you know. Yeah. And you should. Yeah, yeah it was funny because uh, <laughs> I learned that about him. Um, I think it was a year ago I recorded uh, some vocals for Kenny for a commercial spot that you were producing for him for right. the promotion of the tour. Yep. And uh, he came in and and he was there for just long enough to do what he needed to do. And he goes, that's it. You, you got what you need. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kenny. <laughs> no, he's not a type to linger. <laughs> Kit? Yes. Are you still with us? Oh, I totally am. I'm just listening to you guys. You guys have some fun conversation going on here. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, I, I play the drums, obviously. So, I mean, as far as like the uh, the, the the mandolin playing and the banjo playing, uh, you know, I I have no real direction of the conversation to go there. <laughs> but it's well, so you awesome. know what I like. I, I always find interesting about you, Kit, is that you came at country from a different place than most guys do. It's not Very like much. you you grew up when you were six years old with your dad playing uh, Merle Haggard. You you adapted to it by being already a very adept drummer, but it doesn't always happen that way. Like guys that come from jazz or or rock mm-hmm. to country, they tend to think they're taking a step down. You know, 
And that goes for every instrument, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you listen to a hot mandolin player, I don't give a shit what jazz guy you are. That guy is just as good technically right. as straight you are. Up. Yeah. It, it's, it's no no getting around it. But what I believe and I feel when I work with you is that you play it with conviction and it's not there's no disdain or, or there's no level down for you. Absolutely not. When you count it in from the time you hit that first beat, I expect that you're doing it with conviction, and you always do. And that's 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 a cool thing to come at from a rock standpoint. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, uh, I, I've my whole background. I mean, I mean, people look at me as a rock drummer. I guess as far as like uh, that goes, uh, drum set. I would be or would have been considered a rock drummer, but I had a lot of uh, concert band. I had a lot of yep. jazz band. I had a lot, a lot of DCI drum corps, which I, I don't know if they have a lot of drum corps up in Canada. I think they call them like show bands up there. Um, yeah. But yeah, there was a lot of that. So I mean, there was a lot of different types of music that I had to listen to and a lot of different styles that I had to play to and a lot of different touches and a lot of different timbres. So when it came to joining Donnie for like the first six months, he probably wanted to kick my ass, if not longer than six months, but the first six months, especially. And it, he'll tell you like for the first six months, I didn't really talk to anybody in the band. Like I was very <laughs> quiet, which is like the opposite of how I am now. With them. <laughs> Those were the good old days. Those were the good old days. <laughs> but uh, as far as that went, like uh, uh, the, the fact that I didn't speak so much was more that I was just, I was just listening and trying to understand, you know, yeah. Um, because we did play with uh, around the time that I started playing with Donnie, we played uh, with a gentleman named Jack Smith who played with uh, it was like Johnny Paycheck, steel guitar player there at the towards the end of his uh, career and life there, I guess. And yeah. uh, who else was he with? George Jones, I think he said. Uh, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. Um, in fact, he produced Dolly's mid '80s record. I can't remember what I can't remember what it was called. Um, Great steel guitar player. Great guy. Mm -hmm. But that guy absolutely hated me. <laughs> yeah, it's because, you know, I, like like you said, I came from the drum world, or it's from the drum, the rock world there, yeah. and I was still approaching a lot of these songs like that. And uh, he, he, he definitely, you know, I, I don't know if most, it seems like most steel guitarists that I know, they have that like whole looking down at their instrument, and then when you mess up, they just kind of look over at you, <laughs> give that like sideways <laughs> glance. Yeah, he, I got that a lot from him. I'm like, oh. Okay, Jack, you didn't like that too much. So I feel like uh, between Jack and Donnie, like, you know, playing these parts, like I'd, I'd go into something thinking I needed to play it a certain way, and then Donnie would go and kind of give me like this weird like flail with his hand, you know, just to let me know, no, nah, that's not what you're supposed to do here. And, yeah, there's just a lot of that, and, you know, and, and it yeah, almost but, made it like but, a challenge, you know, like the, the fact that, you know, something that's supposed to be easy, you know, and it, it kind of took me out of my – uh, my comfortable spot, you know, and yeah. uh, made me kind of, kind of realize, you know, hey, there's this complete different way of playing all this stuff and approaching this instrument that I have, and and there's a right way to play it. Absolutely, you, you know, you know, everybody thinks, oh yeah, doon chicka 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 doon chicka 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 doon. Yeah, and then, you know, I've had guys that can't play that straight that go doon chicka 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 doon chicka chicka chicka. You go, no, no, you're shuffling it. You yeah, know, I want it. I want the straight hits thing. And they kind of go, huh? Like, oh, yeah, what's no. the difference? You go, oh, massive difference. Yeah, man. absolutely. No, we it's have that conversation. I'm doing. Yeah. It's we have that conversation a lot. It's just like, okay, so is this a swung train beat or is this a straight train yeah. beat, you know? 
or I'll think like, again, we'll play a song like that because a lot of the times Donnie be like, Hey, you want to try this song today? Like while we're on the bandstand, like in front of people, we're like, uh, I'm sure. I'm like, okay, it's this. And so we start playing it. We'll get all the way to the end of the song. And he'll turn around and be like, yeah, I wasn't like that. <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Play it like this next time. All right, cool. Next time we'll do that. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, my, the be- the best experience that I ever had with a, a drummer in country music was in Nashville. I I used to be the band leader for a girl from uh, from here uh, who had two or three U.S. deals in out of Nashville. Her name was Lisa Brokop, and. So we toured the, the U.S. in the 90s when, when women were still allowed in country music back then. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we toured around, and what happened was through, uh, you know, I, I went down there and had to hire a band from Nashville. So because I was her band leader here, she wanted me to stay with her and put a band together. So I auditioned like they do there, and you send out your three songs on a cassette, and the guy the steel player shows up and the drummer shows up and the bass player shows up and they and you play with all three of those you play the songs and they're all good so you know you're all you're trying to figure out well which guy do I want to go on the tour bus with yeah right <laughs> so so I audition anyways through those times we met a, a drummer by the name of Mike Kennedy who played with George Strait mm-hmm. and was with him for 25 years until his untimely death this last year. He just yeah. got killed in a car crash. But he was the best country drummer I ever played with. And he was the first guy that ever counted in a song that was a straight old country beat. And he played it with so much conviction, it it embarrassed me. He was so good. <laughs> I just went, holy shit, you got to step up to the plate to play with this guy. <laughs> He's not kidding. But when he counted it in, I'm not saying loud or anything. I'm saying he put that groove exactly where it was supposed to be. That's awesome. And if you knew your shit, you can't fall out of the groove. And it was so good. He was, <laughs> and he's so conviction, and and he knew every kind of country music, whether it was western swing. Obviously, he played with George Strait. You know, he knew his western swing very well. And but man, he was. He was killed, and that was when I went, okay, I don't want to play with anybody else who doesn't treat that kind of music like it's valid. I don't want to play with you. You know, I don't care how good a jazz drummer you are or anything. I love it that you had all that experience because that's what makes you. That saxophone is what makes me. I'm a guitar player and a saxophone. And those two things made worlds collide for me. Like, I played in an R&B band as a sax player, when I moved to Vancouver for five years, nobody knew I played guitar. It was, they wanted a sax player. So I, and then I get hired by Lisa Brokop to be her band leader. Now I can't play sax anymore because I'm in a country band and I don't play the sax for several years. But all of those influences are what, what makes whatever I do. That's for sure. It comes from all of the things like you just said. Absolutely. Now, the funny thing is, is like, uh, I don't have a whole lot of awards to my name, but uh, the the few awards I do have are all for Western Swing albums. <laughs> awesome. Well, you can't beat it. It's my favorite. It's the jazz of country, isn't that's it? That's right. <laughs> Very much. I would. That's. I don't think there's a better way of saying that, actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had to be damn good to play this stuff. It wasn't three chords in the truth. It was a whole different thing altogether. If you're Eldon Shamblin playing electric guitar you didn't just play g c and d 
you definitely didn't. You 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 walked everything all over the place, and mm-hmm. you had it, it's it's incredible stuff. There's a whole uh, section of the Ken Burns thing about Western swing. It's fabulous. It is. It's a different world. That's like a completely different world than you know the, the outlaw stuff. Uh, like yep. Any of the stuff that's coming out today, like it's a that's a like, I mean, talking just like the complete like mindset change that you have to have is like going into Western swing is just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a, it's a lot less. And, of and a, Western swing is kind of like a big band. Like there'd be three fiddles playing a group part yeah, mm-hmm. and they'll be like the guitar and the steel are grouping up on another part. And it's like the trombones and the trumpets and the saxophones in a big band. It's just different instruments, Yeah, yeah well, but they're nothing. playing those parts you know yeah. that all depend on each other mm-hmm. and it's, yeah, that that. Tends to be, it's a little lower key you know like uh yep. like what we when we saw willie come out with his band I, like i was super surprised like his drummer only had a snare you know but like that's kind of that's kind of what the western swing is kind of all about for when it comes to playing drums just like hey i have a snare and a hi-hat that's that's well, what don't forget get. don't forget he had a snare a hi-hat and a suitcase did he well that was the percussionist the percussionist <laughs> had the suitcase Oh, hey, my yeah. favorite thing when we were watching that, you guys, was, you know how Willie, he gets way ahead or way behind the beat with his playing or w- with his singing. Yeah. And you look at, the, I was just watching the bass player and the drummer who would, in those difficult times, would just kind of lock into each other. Yeah. And son of a gun, if, you know, Willie kind of knew where he was and he'd come out of it. And he'd land where he was supposed to land. Right. But, oh, my yeah. God, you'd see those two guys, and they'd be playing, going, okay, and there it is there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, that, that blows me away. I remember I was thinking the same thing. That absolutely floored me. They like never how got those guys... sucked in, did they? They no, never, no. like, went there. They just held the course, <laughs> and then he weaved in and out of it. And when he landed, he landed. Man, it's like, you know what? You get to do that, Willie. No, yeah, absolutely. A lot of lead singers do that. We know one that does that, actually. Playing <laughs> <laughs> with the time, man. That's right. That's right. And we're just uh, we're just there, solid. We'll just get to be there. A lot of eye contact between us. That's what it is, right? <laughs> are you guys playing at the uh, Hitchin Post this week? Yeah, we sure are. Tonight. What night uh, is your night. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday every week. But actually, four we're flying. Four nights every week? Yes, sir. Yeah, four nights every week. Oh, no wonder you're so damn good. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smoke. Oh, man, we'll pay you then, for that uh, later. Yeah. <laughs> we're flying to, we're, we're going to be in Minnesota next week, though. Um, I Didn't think we're flying. Did you just come back from there? Mm-hmm. We did. We just got back two weeks ago, and now we're going back to Minnesota again. Is that um, your home kit? Yep, that's where I'm from. Up there, and the, they call it Canada Light, I guess. That's uh, Canada Light. <laughs> it's Canada South. It's not a lot different, man. <laughs> that's it's a, not a lot. Different. That's what all the Canadians kept saying to me when I go up there because I see my TC hat. They're like, "Oh yeah, Minnesotan." I'm like, "Yep, okay, I'm a Canadian Light." I'm like, "I guess that's the word." Uh, Kenny was telling me when he golfs down there, and the and the Canada geese come flying across the course. The guy that he plays with always goes. Fucking Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, we don't see as many of those here. We saw so many of those up in Minnesota. We're there. Oh, yeah. It's about this time They're of year, coming. too. They're all coming back down <laughs> they here. They come south every yeah, 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 yeah. 
Those things are mean, man. That's, that's... Yeah, you don't want to mess with them on the golf course. They'll attack you. They will destroy you. <laughs> Apparently, there's people that use Canadian geese as like uh, like uh, like guard dogs. <laughs> They're like that mean. <laughs> I don't know how you train them to just stay in your yard, but you know. I thought that was a fun little story to hear. <laughs> you play golf with Kenny when you come down here? Well, you, you've been out here, right, Tom? I'm not even coming there unless he takes me golfing. <laughs> That's a rule. But I keep telling Kenny as we book this thing that we're doing, just remember to leave a day once in a while for golf. We're not just going out there to play country music every day. we got to play golf, too. It's for the good of our health. <laughs> so right. what, what courses have you played down here? I've only played one. When I came with Kenny, it was uh, Apache Creek. Oh, Right That's there. right That's next to my right house. <laughs> That's really close to you guys, right? It is. I could spit out my window and hit the, hit, you know, hit the ninth hole. Dang, <laughs> That's, That's impressive. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. I was that close to you, and I didn't see you guys that time. You're that close. But I'm coming back. I'm definitely coming back. I work them all the time on that one. Yeah, dude, it would be yes. great. It would be fun to have you come and sit in with us and bring your saxophone and your guitar and hang out with uh-huh. us. That would be fun. That would be fun. <laughs> oh, man, we, we like playing with saxophone players. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's kind of funny because I, I definitely steal licks from the guitar and play them on the sax. I, I, <laughs> I definitely, and the other way around, too, because you'll be playing an R&B song and you got this lick that you really like, and then you find that, it works pretty damn good on the guitar, too. Yeah. So did you start with R&B, or did you start with country? Hmm. Well, no, I as a kid, I played the banjo, and my dad played the banjo, and my uncles played fiddles. Mm-hmm. So I, I was weaned on, on country music. Okay. And when I finished high school, oh, it, uh, when I went to high school, I, um, I took saxophone. They ha- you had to take a musical instrument. And they wouldn't let you take guitar. I was going to say, they wouldn't accept banjo in high school. And banjo was out. (laughs) (laughs) So I said saxophone, because that's the next bone to get chicks with. You know, you can't get them with a clarinet. (laughs) Ah, So I picked saxophone, and I actually really dug it. I really liked it. And and I grew up in Toronto, and that was a real R&B town. And so that's what I was exposed to on that level and and then when i moved out to calgary i became a guitar player then i moved to vancouver and became a sax player again now i'm walking the line <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i actually got hired by these two bands and i hadn't played a lot and and i went and sat in with these guys on my sax well you know when you don't play very often you're embouchure it's like not having calluses on your fingers, you know. Yeah. It just doesn't work as good mm-hmm. when you got some calluses on your fingers and it sounds good. Well, same thing. And so your pitch tends to suffer because that muscle isn't in good shape. And I went and sat in with them, and they said, "Oh, this was great. You got to come back, and we're going to hire you for the next gig." And I went, "Yikes! You know, I don't even know if I can play for four hours right now because I haven't played it for so long." <laughs> So I desperately started cramming and practicing, and I really got into it again. So they hire me, like, and I, I get to go play it now, and I really have enjoyed that. It's kind of a resurgence, enjoying it a lot. That's awesome. That's, all. That's <laughs> cool. So is it just R and B, or do you do jazz also? No, I'm not a jazz player. Yeah. I'm not that. I, you know, I I would never try and sell myself in a jazz band. I'm not that guy. But but I like playing 
I love being in the horn section, you know, in an mm -hmm. R&B band where you're reading the charts and playing with other guys. That's that's an unbelievably fun feeling. Yeah, I love because watching you that. you got to time out. Everything's got to be in time and in tune with the guys beside you. And when you hit it and when you're all on the same page, man, it feels powerful. Oh, absolutely. I love a so great Just a horn shot going, bop, ba da da if you do that and it's falling right in the groove, it's just so powerful, man. Absolutely. Well, there's, there's, yeah. there's been a few uh, country tunes out of here that have like a little horn section going on. I can't well, think that, of any that, up that's the top of really my head cool, right now. That's what's really cool is, uh, uh, you know, to see the horn sections coming back. And uh, oh, you, were just you, you were just talking about that song uh, S.O.B. that Charlie yeah. pulled off. Uh, so that's by uh, that's a Nathaniel Ratliff song. And me and my, yeah. me and my son just went and saw Nathaniel uh, here in town not too long ago. Huge horn section, punchy as hell, sounds amazing. And then you see like Nathaniel getting wrapped up in the same genre as guys like Stapleton and those other like Texas style, yeah. you know, uh, singer songwriters. And then so the horns are all coming back out, you know, and it's, it's cool to see. Yeah, well, in the kind of Austin scene, it's way more acceptable to have a horn section. It's not yeah. a mainstream Nashville thing by any means. Do you no, 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 no. But no. but it sure fits. I mean, Delbert McClinton and uh, and you name all those guys, man. That's yeah. I don't know. That's all roots in the same area. It's just they yeah. got horns and they. I, I yeah. love that stuff. Yeah, I mean Haggard. Haggard had sax all he over. He had sax. Part. He had horns, trombone, saxophone. Yep. Definitely, absolutely, and and that's because he was into the Western swing thing. He talks about it on this special too. Man, you guys are gonna yeah. love. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to watch. It. I I got it all on the uh, the old DVR, but I gotta I gotta I gotta finish watching Castle Rock first because I'm a I'm a very slow witted guy, so I can only watch one thing at one time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people that binge watch uh, a television show like and watch five hours in a row. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. Oh, I, well, I can't do that either, but either. it takes me like, you know, a month to watch a show, to binge watch a show, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I don't have enough time for that. And, and on top of that, I have twins. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I do now? Here's what I've been doing lately, Donnie. I sit with that guitar, that telly, and I just fool around while I'm watching TV. Somebody, yeah. else, somebody told me, practice your technique while you're watching TV so it becomes... Second nature to you. Know? <laughs> so, so I'm watching TV and I get YouTube on my on my TV and I start going to guitar stuff. Yeah. Well, there it is, one o'clock in the morning, and I'm going <laughs> trying to figure out this little guitar thing that Joe Pass did or something like that. Yeah. But there's so much. To, yeah, I'm there's the so much stuff you can learn on the on there with. They transcriptions are there, and you get to watch all your heroes. And oh, well, that's right. That you know, that's why every nine-year-old girl is a better guitar player than I'll ever be. I hear you. They <laughs> grew up with you. Not even fair, man. They got, you're supposed to learn from putting the record on the, and right. you got to keep finding the spot again. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'll be right back. So as one of my one with... of my kids is crying, I'll be right back. All right. <laughs> kids got to change his, diapers. How old's his twins? Oh, a year and a half, I think. Boy, he's busy. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a busy guy. He's a doing a great job though. You know, he's a turned out to be. You know, he he was questionable about like what kind of father he was going to be, but you know, I I knew he was going to be a good one. I could see it in his face, but yeah, it seems he's really you know, like latched onto it. You know, the way a you know a good father does. He's he's you know he he loves those kids. How, how many kids do you have? I have three. Yeah, and I yeah, mine aren't 
mine are all grown up and bigger and tougher than me. Yeah. In fact, my daughter just turned uh, 20 yesterday. Yeah. Mine just turned 30. So your daughter's producing now? Is, is she is a producer? What? She won the Canadian Country Music Producer of the Year in 2017. Oh my gosh, I didn't even know that. And I won it in 2007, so 10 years later. So how proud, by me. how proud does that make you? Oh, like, I can't even put that into words, Donnie. I can't even, but... She used to sit, she'd call me and say, can I come to the studio with you today to skip school? And I'd say, sure. And I'd pick her up at school, and she'd come and sit beside me at the console from the time she was 10 years old. Yeah. And she must have been listening because she learned a lot. That's awesome. And now I watch her sitting at the console telling the boys what she wants, and she knows how to communicate. She learned well, and she took it to a whole new level. Oh, good for her. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that. that. That's 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 awesome to hear. And your son-in-law is a tremendous telly player, from what yeah. I heard. Yeah, he's a tremendous guitar player, and you know, like they're on tour right now for seven weeks, and he's got a brand new baby. <laughs> Does he? How long have they been married? Four years. Hmm. And you know, they they met. I hired him for a television show. Yeah. And my daughters had a duo that was happening in the Canadian country scene in those days too. And they were on the show and we were rehearsing and I got this new guitar player. He's 20 years old at the time. Yeah. And I was really didn't want to hire him because I was looking for a guy who could play everything from like a bossa nova jazzy thing to a R&B to rock to country. It was a, a variety show with lots of different people. And this guy said to me, yeah, hire, hire Darren. And I said, yeah, but 20 years old, you know, how can he? Yeah, how, how much can he know? Yeah. Well, he plays left-handed for starters. And, <laughs> and we get to the thing, and I play sax, and so did the piano player. He played sax. And, and one of the songs was a bossa jazz kind of thing. Yeah. And it had a gut string guitar, and it had two saxes on it. So I get there, and I say to him, oh, by the way, I'll be playing sax, and so will the keyboard player. So you're the guy playing the Jobim stuff, you know? And he goes, oh, I don't have a gut string. And so they said, oh, go to the music store and get him a gut string. And they bring it back, and it's right-handed. Yeah. He immediately takes all the strings, puts them back the other way, puts it upside down. And, and I go, okay, here we go. This is why I didn't want a 20-year-old guitar player. <laughs> right. And we count the thing in, and the guy's got all the inversions and all the all yeah. the cool shit <laughs> from that stuff and he plays it and i go where did you learn to play that like when did he goes oh, i kind of went through a bossa nova stage <laughs> i said when <laughs> like when could you have gone through a boss you're only 20 <laughs> anyways i saw him giving the eye the eyeball to my daughter over his music stand as the rehearsal went on and yeah, I knew I had trouble right there. <laughs> well, you didn't kill him, so you must have liked him. I absolutely love the guy. He's a he's a very cool young man, and uh, he's good to my daughter. And they gave me a grandchild, and I'm very happy with him and very proud of him. Very good. So, how old is your grandchild? Two and a half months. Two and a half months. So you're a brand new grandpa. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and kind of active because he had to go on the road for this tour. Yeah. For seven weeks, so my daughter needs all the help she can get. And so my wife and I are kind of pitching in, and I'm taking care of the dog, and my wife's <laughs> helping the baby. And 
Anyways, it's all fine. Poor Darren. He wishes he was with his brand new son for sure. Yeah. So I was going to ask you. Um, I, well, there's Kit. Never mind. He's back. <laughs> Do you have your? Is your studio at your house or? or? It's just really a little edit suite. It's not really yeah. a studio. I mean, I can do a, an overdub here, but I don't record. Yeah. If I'm cutting stuff, I go to a different studio. Gotcha. How's, How's your the kids? Oh, they're <laughs> losing their minds right now. <laughs> they only slept for about 45 minutes. Right now, they're both in there crying. It was like, oh, oh, you guys man. are going to lay in your cribs for a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> And one of my boys is sick days. right now, and the other one is awake because the other one's sick. Yeah, it's just it's been a fun last few days. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, that's the thing about twins, or you know, any small having multiple kids in the house is once one gets sick, they just pass it back and forth oh, yeah. for like six months. You yeah, know, and, and then you get it. The eternal yeah. ping pong game that's going on there. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yes. the worst is when they both get the stomach flu at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know what? When the, when they're six years old, they go to school. They do, yeah. right. and you get you get six hours back in your day. Right, <laughs> mercifully get six hours back in your day. It's like a dream come true when it happens. Believe me. <laughs> it's like frolicking in uh, fields and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all that fun stuff. You 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 get to know your wife's name again. <laughs> Yes, yes, that that stuff. Oh yeah, honey, hi, me, it's me. Yeah, remember me? We got married and stuff. That was that was to me. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, but you can't trade the result for anything, man. Oh, absolutely it's, not. You can't. Do you have nobody you said have it was easy. You have kids, right? I have two. Yeah. Thirty and thir- uh, thirty and thirty-two. Yeah, and they're musically inclined, also too, right? They're totally musically inclined. Yep. I was just telling uh, Donnie that my daughter won the Canadian Country Music Producer of the Year in 2017. Yeah, that's awesome. And I won it in 2007, so 10 years wow. apart. That's so it was like, you know, you're running a race, and you look over your shoulder, and your daughter passes you on the other <laughs> side. <laughs> but that's how it should be, right? That's great. That's I, like, it's, I think of it more like a baton, right? Just passing the baton. And she's there you go. Running there the next leg of the race it. there. Yeah. And man, the, you know, I, they, they are... You can learn so much from them. They do everything different than we did, and you can learn stuff from them. You definitely can, but they can learn from us, too. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, it's great. Hmm. <laughs> so I, I, I got to ask you one more question, Tom. So uh, how did you get into, like, producing? Like, where did your studio talent come from? Like, how did you get into engineering? And Yeah. Um, it, well, I remember I, I, the first thing I ever, when I was – Ninth grade or tenth, I guess, was when I was playing saxophone, learning to play the saxophone. And our teacher was a, kind of a young, hip guy at the time. And he took us on a field trip to uh, the RCA recording studio in downtown Toronto. Wow. And it was like an old studio that you remember, you know, the control room was there with the glass and you didn't get to go in there. Yeah set up your stuff and they, and they recorded us playing our school band thing hmm. and my thing was i wanted to see what was going on in the control room yeah <laughs> and they let me in to take a quick look and i never uh, that's for sure what bit me and then uh i started being i uh, writing jingles yeah and ri- writing a jingle like a 60 second jingle is like writing a song 
recording it, mixing it, and getting it out in a day. <laughs> it all happens in one day, and it's like a compacted, here's how you do a song, but this yeah. is only one minute. But now you have to complete it all that day and mix it and send it off. And what it taught me was really to be efficient as hell in the I studio. I was going to say, man, I bet you... you don't have time to waste. You got really so you get it right that. as fast as you can, and you try and be efficient even in your the writing of it. You're like... You know, I hear people say, well, I just, I didn't feel inspired to write anything. And I go, so as I far didn't as feel it, inspired to write jingles either, but I had to write them by the morning because we were recording them in the morning. And so, so it taught you to kind of write to order. And yeah. I think that helped. And then just the microcosm of, of recording those 60 second jingles made me want to do bigger things. And that's right. when I started producing like records and doing that. So did you have like a mentor on the technical side? Did, did you just thumb your way through, like uh, working your way around the gear? I mean, uh, uh, a couple of mentors as I went up the as a studio player before I was a producer. Yeah, I always was interested, and the engineers would share their knowledge with me, and uh, I I just was one of those guys that would hang around after the session and. And I wanted to be there. I wanted yeah. to be there. And I, I just kind of watched and, and learned a lot of that stuff. But there was a few technical guys that I still can hear their voice in my mind telling me how a compressor works, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. But yeah, that was my road in jingles. And, and uh, you know, it's cool. Sometimes you got four singers. I, that's how I learned to sing in, you know, those jingle-sounding... Yeah, arranging harmony parts and stuff. Yeah. And everything. It's really fun to sing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I also learned you you can hear a smile. Yeah. <laughs> because when you're doing a jingle, you can't sound pissed off. You have to sound pretty damn happy about what you're singing about. <laughs> jingle, the angry person in there. Yeah, yeah it does. Cool. <laughs> Didn't sell it so well. Sell shit. I'm not buying soap from him. Right? Oh, man. <laughs> that does not sound like Irish Spring to me. He sounds <laughs> mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, hey boys! I I gotta I gotta run. I gotta get out of here. I got something going on right now. But Tom, thanks so much for hanging out with me, man. You guys, um, I actually got to get going too. I got my boys that are climbing out of their crib right oh, now. I didn't think we were awesome. gonna go this long, but I'm happy I had a ball, man. Thanks, Tom. It was good to see you again, man. Awesome talking to you, sir. Hopefully, we get to see you when you're out here next. All right, guys. All right, buddy. Thank you guys so much.